0: Day he's coming, oh glorious day. I like that song. We should just sing it, but I won't do that to you right now. All right. Good to have you. If the weatherman's right, <clears throat> 60 degrees today and sunny. So uh, I know those of you just said, why does it keep getting hot and cold? Well, let me tell you the scientific reason. Can I? It's because the sap in the trees doesn't move unless the temperature keeps fluctuating back and forth, right? That's why we have the wonderful trees in Indiana instead of the palm trees that are there all year round, hot, sticky in the summer. Nobody wants that, right? And no one wants just evergreens that grow up on the, you know, on the tundra. We don't want that. So we get these beautiful trees because of that. So just get over it. It's going to be a beautiful day. Let's just be happy. If you're joining us for the first time, do please stop by the desk out there. We have a gift for you. I want to welcome you if you're joining us online for the first time. Uh, scan that QR code, let us know you're out there, and that will uh, be a blessing to us as we watch. Uh, Camp Leonard Wood Pantry, we're collecting throughout the month. We've got a whole bunch of stuff already gathered, uh, so we're just running out of time this week, and next week I think is it. And so uh, if you want to bring something uh, for Brother Dennis's ministry down there at Camp Leonard Wood, you can uh, drop it on the table out there, see Tim Huggins for any other details. Awana Career Day is this Wednesday. That means you dress up like a career that uh, you might want to do someday. And uh, so pick one. There you go. You can look at that. And Recharge Chopped Cook-Off event is this coming Saturday, 5.30 to 8.30. Meeting in the Fellowship Hall. It's free. And if you've never seen one of those chopped events, you might want to come and just watch. They're a blast. You don't get to see most of it, just so you know. But uh, you can come for the judging. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, But anyway, see Pastor Brett for details. Uh, Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. We'll be talking about that in the service this morning a little later on. But uh, if you are uh, in need of being baptized, that will be this next Sunday. We would encourage you with that, and we'll explain it a little more as the service goes on. Uh, The kids' spring trip is coming up on Saturday, March the 30th. We're going to the uh, Louisville Zoo uh, you can sign up on the bulletin board between the buildings. The payment is due by March the 10th, $15 for ages 12 and up, $10 for ages 3 to 11, and anything under 3 is free, I guess, uh, just so you know. CJD for details about that. Summer camp is coming up, believe it or not, so we're going to Kobiak this year, uh, and it's always a great time. Looking forward to that, so the $50 deposit is due for the teenagers going to camp if you're teenagers, hasn't signed up to go to camp, and they're, like, debating, then parents help them make that decision. Yes, they need to go. Things happen at camp that don't happen anyplace else. And I'm not talking about, like, in Vegas, where you can't talk about it, right? I'm talking about spiritually. God does it work in the hearts of our teenagers, and it can't happen at home because you don't have the opportunity to say no phones, no TV, no, you know, and just preaching three days a week and uh it's it's just phenomenal what god does and so uh three times a day i mean not three days a week three times a day and so god does something interested in joining the church we will be meeting in the fellowship hall after the service and we will be talking about that later on in the morning service as well and i want our missionary of the week is josh zacharias uh god is blessed with great support personal spiritual growth uh learning about australia uh, ministry opportunities, spiritual principles, all these things, but there's one section of it that I really want to share with you. It says two passages of Scripture that have affected me profoundly are John 15 and Matthew 11. These passages have taught me that slowing down, which I'm not doing right now, I'm aware, but I want to keep the, minutes, keep the uh, service going, in ministry is actually the way to increase productivity. Earlier this year, I was working long hours trying to make things happen, but I realized that I could never get ahead of things. The Lord conv- convicted me by saying, Josh, you're so busy doing things and, you're so, and are putting off prayer so that you can, quote, unquote, get things done. What you are saying is that you can do things better without me than if you would let me do it for you. Wow, that's a powerful thought. Since then, he says, I've learned some things. I've learned the importance of prayer. I've been learning to abide in Christ and letting him carry the burden of the ministry and I can accomplish so much more than if I were doing this on my own. So uh, pray for Josh Zacharias as he is working to uh, reach people in Australia, and God is doing a work in his heart. Let's have the men come. We're going to take up the morning tithes and offerings. If you're visiting, we don't take up an offering so that you can give. Uh, honestly, we, our church people do a great job of doing that. We just want you to enjoy the service, uh, but we'll have an opportunity here for our church people to give their tithes and offerings to the Lord. Brother Ed, would you ask God's blessing on Josh Zacharias and on the offering and on the, the service today?
1: Father, thank you again for the privilege that we have to be here. I just pray that you would bless in this service. I pray for Brother Josh in uh, Australia there, that you would just uh, meet his needs in a very special way for our offering today. I pray that you would just bless the gift, the giver, and help us, Lord, uh, to, to use it wisely to further the gospel in our area. Lord, thank you again for this beautiful day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
2: Hope is in the Lord. I'll we'll sing three verses of this song.
3: If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Romans 13, beginning in verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil, Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. Please remain standing.
2: All right, so I, I always find it funny when I look out and see people's faces when the kids are singing because it's very different from when I sing. I don't get the same faces. I don't know why. Uh, it's, it's been fun. The last couple of Sunday nights, we've had a couple of kids that have been up here, over here, and as I'm playing my trumpet, I can hear them more than anybody else, and it's been great uh, to have kids sing. It's always fun to hear kids sing, but we're going to continue singing as adults now, and I'll hopefully you still smile the same way, uh, as we sing, Be Thou My Vision. have not sung since september of 2020 and uh i was looking this week at what song to sing and pastor and i had been at a pastor's conference on tuesday and uh one of the messages was from a pastor and he was talking all about the difficulties of church and things that happen in the church people say things and i was just thinking to myself i don't feel like i have that so i got in the car with pastor after and i said pastor am i just oblivious or do i just not know of problems or do we just not have those here um, and we were both thinking we just we are thankful for the church that we have. And I hope you are too. We're thankful for the church that God has built. And sometimes people will come to me and say, you know, how do you grow your church like you've been doing? And I don't have an answer for them because it's not us. right? God is the one building our church. And so that's what this song is about. Um, I'm going to sing the first verse. If you know it, sing with me. You've heard it. Almost three and a half years ago, but I'll sing the first verse, and then we're going to sing the first verse a second time. So, Abby, be ready for that. So, we'll sing the first verse twice, and then verses two and three. You promise, Lord, that you would work to
1: build. Yeah. Brett was talking about with uh it being the Lord who builds our church. Um that actually made me think of what we're singing now and it's it's not the pastor and it's it's not the leaders although they have an incredible part of what makes a great church, but it's um it's us individually as the children of God who are continually
3: searching for a closer walk with the Lord.
1: I am weak, but thou art strong, Jesus, keep me from all wrong, I'll be satisfied as long. As I walk, let me walk close to thee, just a closer walk with Granted, Jesus is my plea. Day we walking close to Thee. Let it be. I did.
0: Thank you guys. Just out of curiosity, how many of you would say that's the first time I've ever heard that song? Anybody? Is it about five, four or five of you. That's what I figured. Okay, it's one of those old ones. I appreciate that. Take your Bibles to the Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Good to have Robert back with us, a little bit of Robert. So if you see him, you can shake his hand, let him hug you if he's going to do that, but don't hug him, please. He's Still uh, fragile and those things, and uh, so just watch over them. They're also new grandparents, if you did not hear that. Amelia Rose, did I say that right, was born yesterday. Four pounds, two ounces, a little bit on the small side, premature. They had to take her early because of of, uh, gestational diabetes, but uh, she's mom and baby are doing well. Uh, 17 and a half inches long, is that right? 17 and a half inches long. So uh, pray for them. She'll be in the hospital for a little while, probably, but uh, uh, just pray for them. Then uh, Kay Bonham is in the hospital. She has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, so uh, that's not good. They did catch early, and they think that they might be able to uh, to take care of this with uh, with some surgery and some radiation and chemo. So if you would just pray for Kay. Right now she's just discouraged, you know, she just uh really struggling just uh you know, just have a reason to keep fighting. So if you would just uh, continue to pray for Miss Kay, I know she would appreciate uh all of those things for you. And then I know there's a lot of other things out there. Uh today I think is uh Nate's cousin's funeral. Yesterday was the visitation. I think today's the funeral and they're expecting five hundred plus uh added. He was twenty five years old and and dropped dead of an aneurysm and so uh his wife is six months pregnant with her first one, so we just pray for the whole situation there. But, you know, the Lord knows and the Lord will use those things. So uh, they're in Iowa for uh, that this weekend, so uh, pray for them. Tonight uh, we will be having a business meeting about Taylor and Maddie. Looking forward to that. So some of you have been asking, Pastor, I can't be here. Can I still vote? I'm sorry. The Constitution is pretty clear on this. You've got to be here to vote, all right? So, Gotta figure that one out. And uh so uh, but uh, we're gonna be doing that tonight. Looking forward to uh to those things. We have uh reference letters, we have um uh his doctrinal statements sitting out there on the table if you want to grab one of those and take a look at that this afternoon if you haven't already had a chance to do so. Uh just excited about that. Yesterday I went to a ball game, Suburban had uh their championship game against Crosspoint, thank you against Crosspoint. And uh, so this guy comes up and says, hello, my name is, and I can't remember his name. Uh, But anyway, his last name was Woods. He said, I'm Taylor's dad. And he just went, so I got to meet Taylor's mom and dad yesterday. And that was kind of exciting. So anyway, uh, just to let you know about those things. We're in Acts chapter 2. So today, uh, we're going to do some things. uh, Today, after the service, in the fellowship hall, those of you who, you know, have been thinking about joining the church, uh, I'm going to, I'm using this as my time to kind of Kick you out of the nest, okay? It's like time sometimes to make a decision. Some people, it's amazing to me. This happens. It happens periodically. Uh, somebody will come up to join the church, and and the rest of the church people are like, they're not members because they've been coming for like you know three and a half years, <laughs> and uh, you know not members yet. So it's um, I don't, you know, and I'm not the Lord, right? I'm going to be honest with you. If you are not convinced that God wants you here, please do not let this preacher talk you into this. Do you understand? We want you to, if, if you know God, as you know Christ as your Savior, we want the Spirit of God to lead you to this place. Having said that, uh, the, part of being a pastor is that sometimes people just get comfortable. And there's really nothing comfortable about the Christian life. You ever read your Bible? There's like literally nothing comfortable about the Christian life, right? So uh, sometimes it's like, okay, it's time to get out of the comfort zone and Step out, right? So uh, just so you know, by the way, Daniel and Ramey, I forgot to mention you guys. I have to just looked over and saw They're expecting a little one in May. So congratulations to you guys. They weren't here. I already mentioned it, but you weren't here when the time happened. So anyway, uh, and then right after that, he's going to graduate and they're going to take off to Warsaw. Is that right? Warsaw, Indiana. But anyway, that's the way it is. So congratulations. We're excited for you guys. So um, so we're going to talk about joining the church and why you should join the church some, somewhat today. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. Believe it or not, there are people who we've met with, they want to join the church, haven't been baptized yet. And so it's like, okay, upon your baptism, then we'll bring you into membership. And it's time for me to kick you out of your comfort zone. You understand? It's like, so we're going to make an opportunity for you. Again, I am not trying to be the Holy Spirit of God, all right? I am not trying to talk you into something. Uh, If I have to talk you into it, it's a problem. But if the Word of God can talk you into it, that's exactly where this belongs, okay? Uh, So that's my challenge to you. So if you're visiting for the first time or second time, please know I'm not necessarily talking to you. The Spirit of God may be talking to you, but I'm not, you understand? Uh, This is not me just trying to to talk to you, but uh, it's just that challenge. So we're in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 41. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. If you skip down real quickly uh, to verse 47, it says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Father, we ask that you would help us today as we look at your word together, that we would uh, gain understanding of what. It is to have the church as a priority in our lives, in our spiritual walk, to allow your uh, body to do what it's supposed to do for each and every one of us. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I just uh, start out this way? The church is not a club, right? It's not a place you join so that your daughter has a place, an aisle to walk down when she gets married. You understand that's not what this is. Not a place that so you can have a fellowship hall to use on birthday parties. You can do all that. By the way, we're pretty gracious. We'll let you do it without joining our church. You know, well, not the aisle part, but we'll let you uh, use the fellowship hall. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I'm just. But it's not a club. We're not talking about joining a, a something that's in the in the community here. It, it's joining a church. And there's a reason for it, and there's a way about it. And so as we look at this first verse, verse 41, as we look at this, it says, And they that gladly received the word. And it starts here. The, the, re, the reality is this. No one can be a part of God's church apart from receiving salvation through Jesus Christ. You understand? It's not a club. It's not just putting your name on a, on a roll someplace. If, but if you're here and you say, Pastor John, I I know that there has been a day, a moment in time in which I place my faith, my confidence, my trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross as the payment for my sin. And I know that I am on my way to heaven. I know that I that I am a Christian. Then church membership is open to you. Now, in some ways, church membership is already yours. Hear me out, all right? There is the church universal, and then there's the local church, right? Trusting Christ your Savior makes you a part of Christ. It, it just does. And, and it doesn't have anything to do with any local church. It is you are part of the, of, of the body of Christ. But what God has established is local bodies called churches in our vernacular here, uh, so that we can then come together and accomplish what the rest of this passage is going to be showing us. We can grow in Christ, we can add to our faith, we can become what God intends for us to be. And it works together. So God has, you know, we're a part of the the body of Christ by trusting Christ our Savior. We then become a part of a local body and we'll look at today a little bit of why that's important and why we should do that. See, I know sometimes it's easy for us to say, well, I'm already a part of the church, Pastor John, so why do I need to join a local body of believers? And we're going to look at that concept today, why it's important to actually belong to a local body of believers. And so uh, that's the challenge for us. But it starts out with, they that gladly receive the word. Here's what the Bible says, things like this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be what? Saved. John chapter 1 says it this way in verse 12, But as many have received him, to them gave he power to what? To become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. So that's how we become Christians. We receive the gift of salvation. We believe on Jesus Christ. Our faith, our confidence, our trust that what Christ did on the cross is sufficient God, am I losing here? All right, I'll go over here. I'm like, I feel like a TV evangelist now. <laughs> Got microphones everywhere. So the idea is that God wants us then to receive what and and to trust what He did, what He did for us. Uh, this is not about. Uh, about, you know, us earning this. this is what Acts chapter 16 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, as the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right? So here's the idea. This is not about something we've done. We've put our faith, our confidence, our trust, in what Jesus Christ did. He paid our sin debt. I'm going to trust his death on the cross. To be that payment. And by doing so, I receive, and I gladly receive the word. And as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So by doing that, I became a child of God. I'm now a part of the church universal, but God wants me to go even beyond that. And here in Acts chapter 2, we're going to see how God, God wants to take the local body and make it work together so that we might accomplish the things that he has for us. So then it goes on and says, Then they were glad to receive his word. were baptized." Alright? That's what it says. We're baptized. And this order is really important. You don't get baptized and then place your faith in Christ. You place your faith in Christ because baptism does not get you to heaven. We're not baptizing people next week so they can go to heaven. We're baptizing people next week because they are going to heaven. Do you understand? It is because they are going to heaven. And the reason of this baptism is literally, quite literally, a a, um, picture of where we've placed our faith. Christ lived his life, died and was buried, and rose again the third day, right? You and I had life without Christ, died to that life in Christ, and are raised to walk with him in newness of life. Romans chapter 6. That's the picture. And when we step up and follow Christ in baptism, we are making that public statement. I am, unashamedly, a follower of Jesus Christ. I am, as we were talking about Wednesday, brother Ron, a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's that concept. And so baptism is what happens, it says, as, as the verse goes on, it says, and then the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Here's the way it works. You get saved, you get baptized, and become a part of that local body. You're added to that local body. This is not about Baptists. Do you understand? This is not about being a Baptist. This is about following the Word of God. Is that what the Bible says here? You get saved, you get baptized, you join the local assembly. That's what the Bible's showing us. And we want to follow the scripture. We don't want to follow some church. We want to follow the scripture. Because the, the scripture is our, you know, our lone authority for faith, what we believe, and practice, how we carry out what we believe. And so here it is. And this is how we, we come to this. We, get, we trust Christ. We get baptized. We join the church. Uh, Romans chapter 6 says this. No, you're not that many of us. As many of us were baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. This is the picture, right? Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. By the way, when we baptize people, that's what we say, right? Buried with him in baptism and likeness of death, raised with him to walk in newness of life. This is where it comes from. It's not just something catchy some preacher came up with one day. It's a, It's... You know, from the Scripture, in case you didn't know that. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So in other words, if it is true that my sin, you know, my sin debt is paid and at his death, then the new way to live is found in his resurrection. And if this is true, then this is true. Now we have the ability, the power of God... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, to walk in a new way, right? Uh, what's that song, Jack? Uh, well, Jack, you and Kelly. Uh, Kelly, you and Brother Jack used to sing it. Um, I've discovered the way of gladness. So, that, that's, so how does it start out? Do you remember? <sighs> Mankind is searching every day in quest of something new. But I have found a living way, the path of pleasure true. I have discovered the way of gladness. I have discovered the way of joy. That's this life, right? I have discovered relief from sadness. Tis a happiness without. This is a weird word. We don't use this anymore. Alloy. You know what that means? An alloy is two metals mixed together. But this, is without alloy, right? This is purity. This is uh, wonderful. I have discovered... You get the idea. I'll stop. (laughs) All right, so... uh, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. That's the picture. Now, that's the picture of what the Christian life is supposed to look like. And it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if we got saved and all of a sudden the Christian life was all that way and we all had total freedom from our sin? But God knows, God knows that this battle isn't completely over because I will not be like him until I shall see him as he is. And until this mortal puts on immortality, I'm fighting a battle. So I get up every day and I put on the whole armor of God that I might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So God's, God, in his infinite wisdom, after we are baptized, we are added to a local body that comes alongside of us. And together, we are able then, at, remember in Ephesians chapter 4, every joint supplying We are able to come together and be strengthened. In Ephesians chapter 4, we are to be brought to the maturity of Christ. That's what the local church does. We'll take a look at it here in this passage. It's going to show us some things. So look at verse 42. They got saved. They got baptized. They joined the church. And then they went home and did whatever. Is that what it says? No. No. You know what you need for the next verse? You need a local church they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. It's a new way of living. And that's what the church brings in. It would be awful, wouldn't it, if we got saved and just went back out there and fended for ourselves until we finally died and got to see Jesus? That would be a difficult way to live the Christian life. And God understands that. He knows that we have to grow in grace. He knows in 2 Peter chapter 1 that we must add to our faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things the person who never connects to the local body, saved though they are, Christians on their way to heaven, they've, they've received Christ on their way to heaven, but failed to grow. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That person is, is headed toward a life apart from the grace of God. Not that they lose their salvation, it's that they're living apart from the grace of God. They fail to grow and they forget that there was a day in which one day they gladly received the gift of eternal life. That gift that would potentially forever, well, it will forever change them, but potentially change their immediate future. But the immediate future is found in that connection to the local body. They continued steadfastly. The local body is our opportunity to step into our Christianity in a new way. See, say, Pastor John, I don't think I'm ready to become fanatical. Okay, hear me out. If by fanatical you mean radical, like crazy, I would agree. But if by fanatical you mean, like, radically in love with Jesus? To where your life is changing and your life is impacting other people around you? Yeah. You say, Pastor John, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. And I will tell you, that's what a local body is going to start doing for you. And that does scare some of you. My job. (laughs) Right? Get out of the comfort zone. It's very comfortable over here where I can just kind of go through life without. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to continue steadfastly. He wants us to be growing continually. He wants us to be adding to our faith. This is what it looks like when we have a vibrant Christianity. Quite honestly, if we have a Christianity that is less than that, then who needs it? I mean, just think about this for a moment. Why would a lost and dying world want something that doesn't change us? The idea is that we ought to be so impacted by having Christ in our lives that people looking at it. Remember in Acts chapter 16? We already read part of it, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember what happened right before that? The jailer came to Paul and Silas and the others that were in in jail and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What do I have to do to have what you've got? The people we work with, the people who go to school with teenagers, they ought to be wondering, what, what, what do I have to do to have what that person's got? I don't know what they've got, but somehow when life slaps them, they come up smiling. It's so weird. It's almost radical. And having a connection to a local body is where that begins to happen. You know, can, can God do this apart from church? Yes, he can. I, know, I understand that the Spirit of God is now in us, and, and the Spirit of God can do all of that work. But God, in his infinite wisdom, gave us a church. And this is why it's important to be a part of a local assembly. See, you know, can I just be honest? You know, have you ever asked why some people don't want to be a part of a church? I mean, actually be a part of a church where they belong to it. And I'm going I'm to be honest. In my 33 years of being your pastor, by and large, most of the time it is because they don't like accountability. But there's not a man sitting in this room that knows we don't do very well without it. So much so that God gave us a wife. (laughs) You know, I mean, we need some help here. Think about this. Accountability is just a, a big part of us being responsible Citizens, responsible parents, responsible workers. And as we are becoming responsible Christians, we connect ourselves to a local body so that God then can use that body to encourage us and strengthen us. What happens when the person who's trusted Christ falls into sin? Well, in Galatians chapter 1, you know what happens? Somebody else in the church comes alongside. Ye who are spiritual, restore such an one. What happens if we're out there on our own? What? You, you think you're going to go through life and not be overtaken by sin, Christian? Hello. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. First John chapter 1, verse 10. You get the idea? We're struggling. We're struggling. And God knew we were going to struggle. And so he gave us help. It's called a church. He gave us help. And he says, we come together and we continue steadfastly growing. Look at verse 43. It's an amazing thing what happens in verse 43. When God's people continue steadfastly, growing like they ought, look at what it says in verse 43, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Wow. You know, here's a reality. The Bible says that if we have faith, As the grain of mustard seed, right? Which is so small that if I were holding one, you wouldn't know it, right? You wouldn't be able to see it from where you are. You wouldn't be able of course, you can't see anyway. But (laughs) you wouldn't be able to see it from where you are. You get the idea? I mean, it's that small. But what does the Bible say? If I have faith as a grain of mustard seed, what can happen? I can move a mountain. Christian, when's the last time you moved a mountain? Spiritually speaking. And can I tell you, if we're not plugged in to God's church, it's going to be really difficult to get to that place. And yet, it ought to be the expectation of all of God's children. We ought to be getting to the place where we're moving mountains. You see how this works? That's where God's trying to lead us. And if we've never never had that experience there's a reason there's a reason we need to find that and so we we plug ourselves into a body of believers and all of a sudden fear comes upon every soul and many wonders and signs are being done and god's doing some amazing remember in acts chapter four i think it is where it says and when the people prayed what happened the house shook wow it shook the power of God is upon his assembly. Do you see how this works? The power of God is upon his assembly. It really honestly, hear me, you don't come to church so the pastor feels good. Well, you know, I don't really feel like coming to church today, but Pastor John will be disappointed. Who cares what Pastor John's going to think? I mean, seriously, who am I in this equation? You know what we all are? Sinners saved by the grace of God. And we all come here for the same reason, to worship the only one who is worthy of our worship. That's why we come. And to let iron sharpen iron as we come together accomplishing what God's called us to do. So fear comes upon every soul. Verse 46, it says, and they, he goes on, by the way. This is not just a one-time thing. Continuing. And what's the next word? daily you see our christianity is not a sunday morning event it's not a sunday morning sunday night event it's not a sunday morning sunday night wednesday night event they continuing daily daily this is an important part of of what it is to be a part of a body they continuing daily with one accord this is a, this is by the way this is the one thing our church does so beautifully, but with one accord. This, And one accord does not mean we all have to agree on everything. Some of you think this is the most beautiful sanctuary you've ever seen, and others of you think that you wish it was a different color. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. I'm just being honest. It really doesn't matter. Uh, because we're never going to agree on everything, right? Some of you think this is a nice tie. and others you think, why is he wearing black and orange? It's not October. I don't know. I'm just, I just picked the tie. I mean, you get the idea. It's like we don't always agree. That's not what one accord means. One accord does not mean unanimity. One accord means that even when we disagree, we don't get upset about it. Right? That's the idea of one accord, that we can actually disagree and still love each other. That's what a body does, and that's what's happening here. They're continuing it with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, the, and by the way, from house to house, this concept that our Christianity isn't just happening here, right? You, you want to get a real good, good sample of our Christianity? Uh, spend a week with Brother Randy. You'll see what house to house looks like. I mean, it, it's a wonderful concept of our Christianity. Breaking bread from house to house, they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. This is a wonderful concept. This is the church. This is what God wants to have happen. This is why, folks, all of us as believers need to belong to a body so that these kinds of things can happen. So for those of you who are like still in limbo, again, if if you are not convinced this is where God wants you, please don't do me any favors, right? Don't join because I'm up here doing this. That's the wrong, wrong concept. But if it's just time – Like, we've been sitting on this for a long time, waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting. Some of you have waited so long, you've you've forgotten you weren't members. (laughs) It's like, am I a member or not? (laughs) I mean, it's like, you you get the idea. It's like, you've been just coming. And, And what a joy it is. I love having the kind of church that people just want to come to. I mean, I really do. I love having that kind of church that people just want to come to. But God wants to do more in us than that. He does. He wants to accomplish greater. You know what he wants to do? He wants to show us how to move a mountain. That's what God wants to do. And so I'm going to encourage you today, if you know Christ is your Savior, that you would consider whether or not this is the place where God would have you to plug in and become a part of that local assembly that is going to continue steadfastly growing together, encouraging one another stepping in, praying for one another. That's the idea, right? If if you've never trusted Christ, that's where it starts. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor John, I'm not certain that if I died today, I would go to heaven. Then please understand, we're not inviting you to come over to the fellowship hall to join a club. It, It is based upon relationship, and it's not relationship to us as a church. It's relationship to Jesus Christ. That's the relationship. So you have to have had a time in which you put your faith, your confidence in what Jesus Christ did on the cross as the payment for your sin, and I'm trusting his death to take care of my sin. That's where I'm at. And once that happens, they gladly receive the word, then they can follow the word in baptism, join the church, and and watch God begin to do some things. So that's what I'm trying to present to you today. Next week we'll talk about baptism. but. Baptism is not about salvation, right? It's not. And and so uh, it's because of salvation. So just consider the heads bowed eyes closed, please, for just a moment. Hey, folks, you know I love you, right? (laughs) You know, here's the thing. I turned 63 a week ago. I know I don't look a day over 40, but that's just the reality. I turned 63. And here's the thing. You know, the, the 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 harsh reality is I don't have a lot of time to impact your lives. I just don't. I mean, if God is great, I, I'm asking God, without apology, I'm asking God to give me the 70. I used to say 65, but I figure if, you know, the only people that can run for the highest office in the world can be in the mid-70s, and I could be a pastor until I'm 70, I suppose. But anyway... Um, That would put me here as your pastor for 40 years. And I'm asking God to do that. But having said that, that takes me down to seven years that I know will go by so fast that I will blink and it will be over. And so I'm not doing this to be harsh. I'm not. But I am doing this to be passionate, right? I, I want God to bring us to mountain-moving faith. And it doesn't happen individually. It happens as we continue steadfast daily, breaking bread, fellowshipping, and God does some amazing things. Pastor John, I'm not certain if I died today I would go to heaven. I'm concerned about my soul, about where I would spend eternity. No one else is looking around, just you, me, and Lord. Say, Pastor, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just not really certain that I'm even a Christian. And you're talking about what I'm supposed to do as a Christian, but I'm just not sure that I'm there. Pastor, would you pray for me? No one else is looking around, just you, me, and Lord. I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Is there anyone like that here this morning? Christian, then let me ask you. Have you... Are you ready to be a part of a body, a vibrant body that allows you to grow, that encourages you to grow, that pushes you, that challenges you, that brings us to the place where God might move a mountain? We invite you to consider that today. Father. I pray that you would just do your work as only you can. I thank you for uh, your gospel, for your son who so lovingly surrendered to the death of the cross that we might have eternal life. And God, I thank you for the church that allows us to come together and to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be pushed. And God, I pray that you would help us to grow in your grace together. Bring us to mountain moving faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand together and sing, Where He leads me, I will follow. The altar's open. If you want to step out and do business with the Lord, you step out and let the Lord have His way, would you? I can you through a testimony real quick. Can I do that? In a testimony, because what what it means, if you if you join us over in the Fellowship Hall to join our church, we're going to ask you to share your testimony. And what we want to know, quite honestly, is what you are trusting to get you to heaven. And if that answer is, well I got baptized when I was seven. <coughs> not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Well, I've gone to church all my life. There's not a church on the planet that can get you to heaven. You understand? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. It is placing your faith, your confidence, your trust in what Jesus Christ did as the payment for your sins. So our testimony is, you don't have to tell me, how old you were, and what the date was. You may not remember all those details. I, I don't even care. If you're going to stand there and say, Pastor, I'm trusting Jesus Christ dead on the cross as a payment for my sin, and based on that, I'm going to heaven. Praise the Lord. We can fellowship together. You understand? That's what we're looking for. I'm just being honest. That's what we're looking for. We want to know it's relationship-based, that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. Because by grace you save through faith, not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any mention boast so that's what we're looking for is we uh if you want to join us over there the deacons that are here i know we have a couple of them that are out of town but the deacons that are here will be over there and we will uh be thrilled to hear your testimonies. is there anything else i'm supposed to announce we have service tonight followed by a, a business meeting tonight so looking forward to that what the lord's going to do Another other announcement. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. You are dismissed.